Aloha and welcome to the Hawaii Shoots podcast called How Do You Shoot That? The show that discusses everything you need to know about filmmaking and photography in Hawaii. My name is Brad Watanabe and I run a video production company here in Hawaii called DRAD Studio. And as always, I am here with my awesome co-host, Jen Lee. Hi there, I'm Jen Liu and I work in marketing communications and I'm here to learn about all things filmmaking, the process, the people, all the above. Well today we have a special show, the first of I'm hoping many to come and we will be featuring a friend. A friend who is also in the filmmaking industry and got his start a long, long time ago playing with cameras and things. but. Um, had the opportunity to come out to some fun things, but rather than spoil his story, you know, we'd love to have him share it himself. Our friend's name is Mauna Burgess. Yo, yo, what's up? Glad to be here. So, Mauna, you've been doing some fun things lately. Um, I think so. It's been pretty cool. Yeah? Tell us about some of the fun things you've been doing. Uh, I don't know if it's so fun for some of my listeners, but I, I started a show... It's a little Facebook thing. Uh, it's called the Thinking Creative, and you know I've been um, I had a lot of friends and uh, colleagues that have struggled to kind of make it within the creative industry, and I wanted to create something that I would have watched coming out of college and trying to search for my first job, trying to figure out what is it to uh, actually work in this local Hawaii industry, and how can I get my foot in the door, and so. I do a little show on Facebook. I, I do it on Facebook Live just because, like, I would spend forever trying to make it perfect. So it gives me an opportunity to just record it, get it up there, get it out. So um, that's what I've been doing. And it's been really fun. Been kind of inspiring a few people. And there's only a few people watching, so it's nice to know that anybody is even watching it. But yeah, I've been really enjoying the process. Well, if you don't mind me asking, let's kind of back it up. So you've been doing some really cool things, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Mona? Because like, I know Brad's known you forever. And for me, our friendship started online. And I have a very like, you know, I only know some things that you love, such as filmmaking, and now you're, you know, inspirationally helping others. But, um, you know, kind of tell me a little bit about like, you know, where'd you grow up? What'd you do for fun? How'd you actually get into all of this? All right, so I grew up in Waianae. Before you ask, no, I did not join Sea Rider Productions. Candy Suiso started up this really awesome media program. Um, I think it was in my sophomore year, but it was like the super popular thing you do, and I was like super unpopular guy. So I'd always do the opposite thing, so I didn't join up. I was really into music for a long time, and but after high school, I didn't really do the traditional college route. Kind of just floated around, did a little bit of community college here and there, but wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And um, I was working for my dad for a long time and um, I was doing music, like I said. And so I started getting to doing music lessons. And so I, I wanted to branch out because I was having a hard time getting members and getting uh, paying students. And so I thought maybe if I did jazz studies, I could get uh, more parents on board. So I started taking lessons from this jazz drummer and started shooting him at some of his uh, events he'd do because I thought there's not a lot of like jazz coverage in Hawaii. I also did a lot of stuff for Olelo for my dad. And so I, I was using a lot of the same skill sets. And I thought, man, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. And so from there, I thought, hey, why not branch into something that's a little more profitable? I realized that music, I mean, it's so hard to make a living doing music. 
you have to be really good, like a lot better than I am. Wait, so question. So your dad worked for Alolo? No, um, so Alolo, you can have like community members come in and then you can take classes as a community member and do your own programs at the studio there. And so I'd run the, the studio board, I'd set up the cameras for him and he'd do a program that i shoot and then cut. Oh, And, and okay. real quick, just for everyone that doesn't or isn't familiar with Olelo, what is Olelo? So Olelo is Oahu's public access television and they do like uh, community board meetings. If you're an active community member, you can come in and do training and do your own program. They also run all the like, uh, you know how you can watch like a math course on TV and then you do the course like, I, I don't know how that part works for the, for the education part, but they also run those educational programs. Yeah, it's a nonprofit. Anybody can join up, anybody can use them. And uh, what I heard is that actually in, in the whole nation, Olelo is like one of the best public access programs in the nation um, because they're, they get so much funding mm -hmm. and their production values from the stuff they do is pretty high. Like they have a bunch of industry professionals who actually work there. Wow, that's cool. So, so you realized you had a talent for doing the setup and kind of filming and capturing this your dad's story or yeah, program. Yeah, I've always been kind of like technically like gifted. Like uh, I can I can read something and just understand it very quickly and figure out the concepts really quickly. And so I thought, hey, it's a pretty easy gig. You just set up a bunch of cameras, and I mean, a lot of people fumble over the technical part, so I could get through that quickly. So I thought it was going to be a pretty easy industry to get into. From there, I signed up for TV Pro which is a vocational program taught at Leeward Community College. They, they really train you to get into television production and um, shooting for like the news stations and stuff. And so I thought it was perfect right up my alley. And so I took that program. A lot of it is about like script writing and for like narrative like, filmmaking style. And so I was really convinced at the end of it though that I wanted to be a director or something in mm -hmm. short film, narrative film, maybe commercials, but I was really hoping to be the next Spielberg, if I were to be honest. But then uh, looking at my demo reel, I realized it wasn't really there. And then the reality of it set in that, you know, I, I, I had my daughter, and uh, she was already a few years old. The reality of it is that that kind of filmmaking, there's not anybody paying for that in Hawaii. And with my daughter, my opportunity to move to L.A. was very slim. You know, I, I really didn't want to raise her there. I wanted to raise her in Hawaii. And so I had a number of choices I had to make, which was like, how do I get a job here? How do I support myself doing what I love to do in Hawaii? And um, I guess that's where the rest of my story comes in. Yeah. So that's how I got started, though. That's pretty cool. So, so from all of this, you know, what what kind of inspires you to keep on doing what you're doing? You know, is there anything one person or a superhero of some sort that you look up to that you know has been your guiding light? You know, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk a lot, and I reference him a lot in my show. There's him, there's Chase Jarvis, but really, I try not to have too many heroes. I like to be inspired weekly, like monthly, daily if possible. And, and the people who inspire me are people who have a lot of courage, and mm -hmm. people who do things that are hard for them to do. I, I get really inspired by when I see people working out who I can tell, like, that's not really their thing, you know? 
people who are like that put themselves out there that are trying to be filmmakers and they're not that great but they get stuff together and they do it they shoot it they put it up for festivals and they believe in themselves and they put the work in and that kind of stuff really inspires me when people are able to like do something that other people are scared to do and they just take it on and they charge at it i find like having a hero is, is very difficult because i'm so ocd like what i like <laughs> changes from yeah. time to time what inspires me doesn't and that's always been like Taking on challenges and, and, and pushing yourself to grow. And so I find that if I try to like keep them as my heroes, always changing, that uh, I always have new, fresh inspiration to keep driving forward. Yeah. Very cool. So, so from here, you know, like, you know, you're inspired and everything, but like, how did you get from where you were when you were looking for your career and then to go into Hawaii shoots? Like, how did that segue in? What I realized after school was a hard truth. For one thing, I've been kind of good with myself like the one redeeming factor to it all was that i've always been pretty honest with myself and been able to be kind of objective so i realized i needed to find a mentor i needed to find a company a person that would believe in me and basically be my patron what ensued after that was a lot of research into like figure out who that was going to be in Hawaii. When I left TV Pro, I feel like this is the same for a lot of different programs where you graduate and really you don't have any real idea about what the market locally is like. So I, I didn't know about Anthology, which is the largest marketing agency in Hawaii, MVNP, 1013. I didn't know about Kinetic. There's, there's a bunch of production companies and I didn't know about B-Red Studio, I didn't know about a bunch of different places. And so I had to do a lot of research. And quite frankly, it's not as easy to find out information on those companies as you would hope. And so what I realized with, with my research is that it wasn't just companies, I, need to, I needed to reach out to individual people because sending an email to info at studios.com is a good way to not get any action <laughs> for a long time. Pro tip. Right, right, so I needed to like, be able to find the individual person, find an event and get my hand into their hand and to shake their hand in person. And so after doing a lot of research, I found Hawaii Shoots. And I think I wanted their big like testimonial, like I got my job through Hawaii Shoots. And without Hawaii Shoots, I'd probably be sitting at home making short films while working at Best Buy or Target or something, you know. I found, I, I looked for a production community production events, anything to do with photography, videography. And I saw this huge list of events for Hawaii shoots and I started going to their events. And I saw this huge list of events for Hawaii shoots and I started going to their events. Again, I got out of school and I was like, dang, there's nothing here for me. Mm -hmm. So I started going to events and started to kind of meet people. From there, I met my mentor and uh, my patron, Brad Watanabe, and he really helped me get up in a lot of places, but basically I started going to events and I remember how intimidated it was at the first couple of events. I didn't even shake his hand or anything. I just showed up and as soon as it was done, I just left. Well, he's a pretty scary guy. I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the tallest Japanese guys I've ever <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry to be here, but uh, can I shake your hand? No, but uh, after about the third event, I finally worked up the nerve to shake his hand. I think from there, I started asking him, like, hey, do you, got, do you need any extra help? I'd really love to help out. And so I forget exactly how it went down, but basically, I think I remember asking him if I could intern for him. And then he said, yeah, sure. And then he gave me a gig. And so I worked the gig with him as a PA, and uh, I thought it did pretty well. Hold on really quick, sorry. For yeah. people noobs like me, PA is... Oh, that's a production assistant. All right, cool. So basically it's a guy who hauls all the gear through the <laughs> sand and gets everybody waters and all of that. And, uh, 
every once in a while I would nap to sleep. Mm. You know, and so a little job like that, but usually a PA is like lowest on the totem pole. And so I did a PA gig, thought I did pretty well, and then I went home, and then I was waiting for an email from him for the longest time, for like a couple of weeks, and there was nothing. So I emailed him, and he was like, hey, you want to come in and do an interview? So I met him at a at Starbucks and we did our interview. And then I waited again for weeks and there was nothing. So finally I emailed him and I was like, hey bro, thank you so much for the opportunity to work for you and to meet with you. I understand you're probably waiting on stuff, but I forget what the gist of the email was, but like the key line that I know got his attention was, you know, I'll do anything to get into this industry and to get him at B-Rest Studio. If, if you need your trash taken out more, I can do that for you. And that was the line that really like sunk in with him. I see a lot of guys come out of school and they think, oh man, I'm a professional because I got a degree. And it's like, honestly, that paper doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. And, and they expect that a job is just gonna be waiting for them or that they don't need to do a lot of grunt work. And so I don't know how it is for some guys, but I know for myself, like being really open to being on the bottom rung and to working my way up, like that's how I got it. Well, I think that's a it's really good advice, you know, for anybody that is looking up for a, starting off in that career because being able to start from the ground up, you get so much more perspective so that when you are on top, you can say, I've done it all the way through. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Brad, would, do you have any comments about that? You know, it's always interesting to be talked about in the third person in the same conversation. <laughs> but, you know, this first time for everything. <laughs> um, like Mona said, be open. Yeah. <laughs> But realistically, it, it was that line, not because I was looking for a grunt, but because I was looking for somebody humble enough to know that they didn't know what they were doing yet. And that was the reality that set in when I first started interning for the company I worked for back in LA. You may think you have the fundamentals to do this as a career, but you know nothing about this industry. The humility that it takes just to beg somebody to be a part of their team is what it takes. And it's not to humiliate anybody, it's not it's not to create a hierarchy of better thans, but it's to understand they are investing in you. Like there is a personal investment on a company owner, a boss, the time that it takes to actually build into somebody as an intern, as, as somebody who gets paid, whatever it is, for you to become a part of a team, it takes a lot of work on the company then too. So that kind of humility actually stood out far above. I get emails all the time from people in our country, in our state, in our city, that want to work for us. Not because, like some people asking for green cards. People just want to do this business. They try to prove it by showing off their demo reel. Rather than showing off what Mauna was good at, he showed me that he realized he wasn't where he needed to be. And that, that actually spoke more volumes than somebody with the best demo reel. Well, it also kind of shows his proactiveness, right? I think also, you know, yeah. being able to know that like, hey, I'm gonna do whatever it takes, that attitude. That's something that, you know, is not always talked about. Like you said, I think people in school, they're like, get the best demo reel, get the best resume, get the best cover letter. But then it's like, the so what? What makes you stand out from everybody else? There's a lot of really talented individuals that come out of school, that come out of YouTube. And what separates people is not necessarily their work, but their character. And for me, that's an underlying principle that you can't teach. It has to be self-taught or family originated, but you can teach how to shoot better, you know, or direct better. And so that was, that was a trait that I wanted to have coming into the role rather than having to to teach into the role. I think that's really great. I mean, that's something that you can't teach. But I can attest to Mana's technical skills because he, like two seconds ago before this podcast even happened, showed me how to use 
my GoPro <laughs> that I got from a friend, Brad and Juana. And I was like, how do they teach that to me so quickly? They're both mm -hmm. very technical and very fast. So, you know, with all that said, with the gear, do you guys, you know, both of you guys, I'd like to know, what kind of gear can you like not live without? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I still shoot with my original DSLR. I have a Nikon D7000. And there's like way better cameras out there. But I just love shooting with it because it has the right weight and the right look and have pretty good lenses. And I like Nikon too. So but like uh, if it was like Goldilocks, okay, and like, you know, is that like a high level or high, like how nah. technical, like I don't know cameras at all. Like I think just, I look at price, but I'm sure there's a lot of other things to consider. What oh, is it's under a grand. It's not that great. It's pretty old. Like it, it's in a really great line, but I've gotten super lazy because I've been shooting with the red camera a lot. So we shoot a lot with the red Scarlet and I just love shooting with that thing. It, it The dynamic range is great. The resolution is great. And uh, I, you can shoot raw. Typically when you shoot video, you have to like nail the exposure every single time. Nail exposure and nail color every single time. But by being able to shoot in raw, I can, <laughs> I can fix it in post. And those are like sacrilegious words to most video guys. Like when you hear that, you should start running. But, uh, <laughs> but with the red camera, there's so much that you can fix in post. Like it's almost like cheating. I don't have to look at my white balance. I can shoot any white balance. I can shoot almost like two or three stops overexposed, underexposed, and I can fix it in post. Like it I sounds think. like a magical camera. Like I mean, all these things that you're talking about, I'm still learning. <laughs> it sounds like magic. <laughs> but then on the flip side, I also couldn't live without my iPhone camera. Cause I mean, there's so much of life that is about just having it on you and doing it. And so for the professional work, uh, having a red camera is super invaluable for capturing daily life and. Stuff that I end up posting on Instagram, I'll, I'll shoot a lot of stuff on my on my camera phone. I mean, camera phones have gotten so good that unless you're like making commercials or very specific like types of media, the smaller technology things have gotten so good. Like, I don't know, I, I really am kind of fearful for my industry in the next like 10 to 20 years. Like, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of media professionals left after this outside of Hollywood. Nah, I think that there's abundance. I think that there's always going to be a need. And besides, Hawaii's always slow, so you know, no worries. You got well, some more time. <laughs> you know, see, the thing is that a lot of guys got paid specifically because they have the technical prowess. Uh -huh. You know, like, you need a shot exposed, right? I know how to light it and, and set the camera. And that took years of experience because there are such clunky things. You had to nail it. You only had one chance, you couldn't preview it, you had a light meter, and you had to know how to use all of those things. But nowadays, I mean, a lot of that technical part, like I said with the red, like if you have like the right aesthetic, which you can develop on your own, like you don't need to go to film school to learn how to read uh, like film stock and then to read a exposure value chart to know how much like light output 10K puts out and then how much light exposure gets cut down when you go through. You had to know all of these super technical things back then. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. But now, about. <laughs> you can learn how to tell stories at home. You can learn how to tell stories really well on your iPhone, on almost any camera. And nowadays, the premium isn't on like resolution. You know, like, I think a lot of people have gotten like, kind of sick of the whole Michael Bay, like super realistic like moving and spinning stuff and people really want uh, like raw authentic stories so I think as that becomes more important and the technology becomes easier and easier makes it easier for people to get that and do that like there's some really awesome storytellers out there 
And before, I'd be like, oh, thank God you don't have a red camera. <laughs> but in 10 or 15 years, when our iPhones are shooting the same kind of footage our red cameras are shooting right now, I mean, the technology is just going to get better. And so I guess the flip side could be we have to get better as well to keep competing. And so I guess it's kind of an interesting yet scary thing. Well, I think it's kind of interesting. We're in a really unique time where, like you said, the technology is going so quickly where I feel like there's so much opportunity not just to learn about the technology, but like you said, it's challenging and there's new jobs that are being created, right? Like back in the day, like you said, you have to have all these people, a specialist for lighting, a specialist for audio, a specialist for developing, yeah. whatever. But now it's more like, how can you be creative with the storytelling part? And that was so, I think, underrated. You know, Before your client would be like, this is what I want. I want this kind of commercial at the end to look this way, yeah. whatever, you yeah. know? But this is like a lot more unique where it's about your creativity. It's about, you know, even if you have all the technology, I think Brad's always told me this, which I am thankful. It's like, it doesn't matter if you have the red, if you don't have a great story, then you're not really shooting a whole, like you're just shooting yeah. something very beautiful, but there's not like a whole lot of depth to it. Yeah, yeah. And back then, like a few years ago, just shooting beautiful images kind of worked. People are really looking for engaging stories that are like really gonna like, are really compelling or, or shows them things that they haven't seen. They've seen Superman. You know, they've seen Batman, they've seen all these incredible stories, but they want to hear about like kids that like overcome at first, or human interest stories, you mm -hmm. know, like uh, channels like Great Big Story and a lot of stuff on YouTube really popping off like crazy. And, yeah. And stuff like uh, This Is Us yeah. or, or just The New Black. Like there's nothing like incredibly cinematic about any of those stories. Like they're beautifully shot, but the stories themselves are like just compelling us. Like it's crazy how good they are without explosions and bullets and fight scenes. Mm. Like there's none of that. There's no violence. It's all about storytelling. Yeah. Anything else to elaborate on, Brad? I always think if there's one device that I couldn't live without, like if I were stranded on a desert yeah. island kind of thing, it would be my phone. Really? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, obviously, if you're stranded on a desert island, there's no phone signal. But if, if I didn't have any other camera, if I didn't have any other technology, that's the only device I actually need. You can actually shoot, edit, distribute content from your phone. You can't do that from a RED. You can't do that from any other DSLR. You can't do that. You could kind of do that like with your MacBook Pro if you like carried it around and <laughs> shot with it. But yeah. that's not a filmmaking tool. Yeah. So to actually do what I need to do on a regular basis, I've actually created video content completely on the iPhone, edited on the iPhone, and distributed on the iPhone. People are still excited about how that looked. And so the fact of the matter is like that tool has revolutionized our entire industry. I'm really, really excited though for the new red hydrogen phone that they keep oh, yeah. talking about. It's gonna take mobile filmmaking to a whole nother level, introducing the holograph and 4D and all of these other things. It's only getting better. You look uh, confused. <laughs> well, I... I <laughs> I know, I'm like, there's a whole lot of stuff I need to Google. But it just kind of makes me think of, have you guys seen that show Black Mirror on Netflix? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, well, there's this one episode, it made me think of that, because it talks about, like, the technology and, and you know, this, um, there's this one guy that has, like, I guess, like, an insert in his head for memories and stuff, and so he can, like, capture all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like double-edged sword, right? I would yeah. like that for things I forget. So, like, you know, when you have this beautiful moment, when you're stranded on that beautiful island, you can actually memorize it. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. That'll be interesting to see the technology growing and, mm -hmm. and see what when the hydrogen phone finally comes out, what it's what it's capable of. Yeah. I mean, all of the people who have checked it out say this thing is just ridiculous. Anything that you think this mobile phone's going to do, it's completely light years ahead of that. So wow. that's, that's really cool because it combines the camera manufacturer that we love. Yes. 
with the idea of mobile computing, mobile operation into one device that becomes modular. So the whole idea is that's just kind of the base model. You're gonna be able to add lenses and batteries and sensors and all this stuff to this little thing. It's, it's a red camera in your pocket, basically. Yeah. It's a red camera phone. My mind is blown right now. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even imagine what that it's, would look It's going like. to be nuts. So about six months, nine months, depending on how long it actually takes them to get to production. But we'll be talking about that. 2018. Well, they're hoping summer. So we'll see how how quickly they can actually get them into the pipe. That's going to be crazy. And I mean, every time technology changes in cinema, the storytelling changes. Like it, it'll match it. As soon as they develop the shot over, then all of a sudden you see a lot more like helicopter shots. Oh my gosh, yes, you know? yes. <laughs> Before you'd yep. be like super impressed, like, oh my gosh, how'd they do that? Now you're like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so when a camera becomes, goes from 20 pounds to half a pound, yeah. maybe a pound and a half, the kind of storytelling we'll be able to do with it is gonna change dramatically. And you know, that's what I love about this industry is that you're, you're never really secure in your job. <laughs> Nobody is secure it's in their love job. Hate. Yeah, it's a love-hate thing. <laughs> But I mean, if I wanted to work in a cubicle, I would have become a an accountant, you know yeah. what I mean? And so that's part of why I joined this industry. And, you know, it's a big risk and it's a lot of fun at the same time. Lots of reward. Oh, you gotta be on it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So I guess, you know, what for, you know, maybe like a final piece of advice for someone that's starting out, because you gave a lot of really good gems. What do you think is like the most important? You know, I think the most important thing is to be honest. So while I've been here at BRAD Studio, um, I've had a few interns come to my way, come my way, and I had one intern in particular, and he had a very promising like capstone. I thought it was promising. I really liked the story he told there, and I saw on YouTube he was doing a few things here and there. And I thought, hey, he's working as a camera guy at this other place, and I thought he was gonna like it coming here, being able to work on narrative-driven thing rather than shooting sports, which is which is great, but it's not like super creative. Mm -hmm. You get a camera, you get an angle, and you get told what to do on the headphones. But uh, I thought he was gonna like it a lot. And when he came here, he did his internship, and you could just really tell he wasn't that motivated. And afterwards, he told me, you know, like after doing this internship, I realized this isn't really what I want to do. And so you see a lot of people doing that, where they're working gigs that they don't want to do because they think that that's what they should be doing. Or the the flip side, it's like what Brad said. They come in and they think that if they admit that they suck at some things, they're like, oh man, I'm not a professional, no one's ever gonna hire me, and my career's kaput. But it's by having that attitude that kills them. Because what I tell people is like, if when you're coming out of college, you had it, you would've made it. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, there's, there's a few guys that's kinda like that, you know? And I think by looking at guys like Jeremy Snell, right out of school, he was killing it. You know? Who is that? He's uh, <laughs> one of Hawaii's premier DPs, and he just moved to New York. What is DP? Uh, he's a director of photography, oh, okay. but he also directs some things. And super young guy, you know, and for some of the older guys, like that's a big like, man, how come this super young guy just got mm -hmm. out of school, getting all these national spots, mm -hmm. and doing all these super great commercials, and man, he has a really beautiful look. And what I tell people is like, if you're him, then you're gonna make it, and if not, then you need to take an honest look at yourself, and that's what I needed to do. After I got out of, out of school, I was like, man, I was so smart. I was expecting this promising career to just land in my lap. And when it didn't, I was like, oh, wow, I actually, I kind of suck. Like, <laughs> my pacing sucks. What I think looks good doesn't look like my, my composition sucks. Like, everything needed to get tighter and to get free work. And so what I realized for myself was that I needed to improve and I needed a mentor. And I went out and worked really hard and did a good job at finding one. 
and I realized it doesn't reflect me three years from then. But if I if I was never honest enough to work on what I needed to, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. That's a really good one, being honest with yourself. I, I can admit to that too, because I know that growing up, my mom wanted me to be an accountant. She's like, stable job, like you said, you know, for whatever reason. And I hated accounting, and it was the worst. I was like, I'm reading English, but it felt like a different language. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at. Because, yeah. yeah. well, I mean, imagine if you kept doing accounting. Oh, no, I wouldn't get a job. I'd be homeless. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. like, I wouldn't be able to get a job. <laughs> but, but some people would continue trying to do accounting, banging their head on the wall, because they feel like that's what their mom would want them to do, or da 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 you know? Yeah, it's like, your mom's not living your life, so, I don't know, I tell people that sometimes. But a lot of these guys coming out, they're like, kind of like kids. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, and I should be doing this, and I should be doing that. It's like, it's not realistic. If that's not what you want to do, you're not going to be motivated. You're not going to spend 16 hours a day working towards this. Mm. I, doing my internship with Brad, Oh, Brad worked me, you know. <laughs> uh, I remember some of the finishing out the holiday season, just doing like 50, 60 hours a week for free on an internship. I had to play about it, you know what I mean? And I had to put their work in. And so it's just like, if you're not really passionate about it, you're not gonna put the work in and not complain about it, you know? And the second you start complaining, that's the second you know you're, you're not where you want to be. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of work and dedication it's going to take to really get into any industry, to be successful at anything. To be a doctor, you have to be passionate about helping people, or you're not going to go to class. Yeah. You're not going to work 14 hours a day with class every day if you don't really want to do that. So for me, it's just about really being honest with yourself. What are you actually going to execute on and be successful at? And then do it. And if you're not, stop putting yourself, stop wasting your time and my time and everybody else's time. Get out of here and go start your travel blog. If that's what you want to do, <laughs> kill it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Work super hard at it. Do it. Be it. Live it. You know, I want to encourage people. Like, don't be me. Don't be Jeremy Snell. Don't be Brad Wakanabe. Don't be anybody else. Just be you. And be honest about it. Own it. And do it. And kill it. And then uh, if you get famous, just give me a shout out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just take care of good old mama. <laughs> Put the hashtag on. <laughs> Thinking creative, hashtag. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that, you know, that's not just advice for filmmakers. It's just great advice in general. I definitely am so, I can see why Brad speaks so highly of you and like why you have been as successful as you have. Well, talking about Red and Hawaii Shoots, uh, we also have an opportunity to partner up with Hawaii Camera and Red Camera, who will be here this weekend. Who will be here this weekend? February 10th will be in Kaimuki right on Wailai at Hawaii Camera. It's gonna be an awesome event. Red is bringing down their brand new weapon with their Monstro sensor. So it's gonna be an awesome time to get your hands on the latest technology from Red. This camera retails just for the brain for 80K. And so it is an opportunity to see some really high-end stuff like in the flesh. We, we don't have that opportunity very much. So James Lucarelli, is, he's got some fun toys for us to play with. And he said, bring out your glass, your full frame glass, your PL mount glass, and uh, just test these bad boys. Because I mean, who wants to buy a camera for that kind mm -hmm. of cash without actually being able to test with it, right? That, that's, that's not a good way to buy any kind of technology. So I just want to encourage people to come down to the event. It's free to just come out, we'll probably have some refreshments. We'll have some giveaways. I think we got some fun stuff from Red, donated from, 
I think we might have some Lassie drives. We might have some other swag, t-shirts, all, all kinds of fun things from Red giving them away. That is just kind of a glimpse of what's to come. It's going to be this Saturday, February 10th from 1 to 6 p.m. It's going to be an awesome time. Great filmmakers, photographers will be there. That's honestly where the magic happens, is when you get to meet and commune with like-minded creatives, because that's where you, you actually get to talk to people and shake hands. It's how I met Mauna, and I think that's, that's how this industry grows as a whole, people getting to know each other. Very cool, so whether you're a top pro like Brad and Mauna, or somebody that's noob like me, that doesn't know what a production assistant is, PA, you know, learn something new. <laughs> you should come out and check it out. Thank you so much for listening. We would love to hear from you. Please shoot us an email at info at hawaiishoots.com or hit us up on social media at hawaiishoots on Facebook and on Twitter and at hawaii underscore shoots on the gram. Please leave us a comment, drop us a like. If you really, really enjoyed this, hit that subscribe button on iTunes or on Google Play or wherever you are listening to this podcast. And until next time, aloha. Aloha. Aloha.